Amen. Amen. Thank you for. <clears throat> Come on. I do good. There we go. Okay. I, I thought I'd have a couple of stuff on or off. Good morning. Thank you for that, Pastor. Uh, I appreciate you not giving me cooties. Uh, I'd forgotten about that, so I appreciate that. Um, I know this is a really small bottle of water for such a large man, but uh, if I don't have it, I'm afraid we're going to be getting a bind, so I'm going to put it right there. Um, again, don't, do not take this opportunity lightly, and I do appreciate the opportunity Pastor given me to, to preach this morning. Um, I get to preach every week, really, um, college and career bridge downstairs, and um, thankful for, for that opportunity, but uh, but he said, I've got two hours this morning, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it in up here. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, hey, we're just listening to the choir sing that last song. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name. He is absolutely worthy of all of our praise. Let's pray and uh, see where God has us to go this morning. God, we thank you so much for your goodness. God, thank you, God, that we can come to you in prayer. God, that you, you, you give us this access um, God, we don't have to go through somebody. God, we're going to you directly. God, through uh, what Jesus has done. God, we thank you that you've given us your word. God, I pray as we open it this morning, God, that you would, you would bless uh, us. Uh, God, that you would help us uh, to see what your word says. God, I pray that you would be glorified. God, that you would use me, just you'd put me aside, but use me, God, to speak your word. God, that we may walk out of here. A different change, challenge than when we walked in. God, we love you. We thank you. God, you alone are worthy of our praise. So all these things we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 If you got your Bibles, uh, turn to the book of Joshua, uh, chapter number seven. We'll be in Joshua seven. Uh, move around a little bit, um, but uh, we will be there for the most part. Um, <clears throat> I struggle with the title of this message a little bit. I'm not big on titles, but, but I felt like this certainly needed one, and Larry lo- loves it when I have one. So, um, so I came up with one. Uh, the title of the message this morning is going to be When Trouble Comes, Defeat Will Soon Follow. When Trouble Comes, Defeat Will Soon Follow. Um, I, I actually, uh, a pastor asked me last Sunday, uh, to preach, and he said, look, I know you're going to be busy this week, they're going to be out of town, and, and we had a True Girl, which was awesome in here, Jason was right, uh, we were, us men were highly outnumbered, uh, but it was a great night, um, we, uh, uh, we, we saw some, God do some things, uh, the Relay Friday night, and I certainly had a lot going on, but, but I didn't want to miss an opportunity uh, to preach, and just, just began to seek immediately when he asked me, hey, God, what, what, do you, what do you want your people to hear on Sunday morning? Uh, not what I want to uh, bring, but what do, what do you want your people to hear? And, and so uh, begin to pray about that. And, and I, hey, listen, I, I had to I had to see this uh, uh, firsthand when, when trouble came in the door this week here. Um, he did. Philip walked right in, and and uh, but he he uh, I, I told him I was going to do that. He said he wasn't going to mute me, and he didn't. Um, but uh, but but when trouble comes, defeat. Will soon follow. And even if you're, any of you are familiar with uh, the Word of God, Joshua 7, you know where this story is going. Um, we're going to actually start in the last verse of chapter 6. Chapter 6 and verse 27, the Bible says, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. But... Verse 1 of chapter 7. Just, just pretend for a minute that the chapter and the verse designations aren't there. Let's, we're going to just keep reading that. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was noised throughout all the country, but, but the children of Israel committed a trespass and the accursed thing. All right, you may be seated. Thank you. Thank you for that. Anytime, anytime the Lord says, but... It's usually not a good thing. I, I, I want to always make sure that context is, is, is what we know is, 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 is important. That's uh, what I told students all throughout. Uh, God giving me opportunity to teach students is context, context, context. That's what I learned in seminary. That's the only thing I learned in seminary. Paid a lot for it, but context, context, context. Don't never find yourself uh, taking one verse of Scripture and running with it because you'll make it what you want it to be. But if you give context, God will make it what he had it to be. So context is, is what, where are we at here in Joshua 7? What's just happened? 
They've had this mighty victory at Jericho. The walls came a-tumbling down, right? The walls had come tumbling down. So they, they, they've just come through this amazing thing that God had done. God has, has brought them uh, across Jordan, and here they are. They are through uh, Jericho. They've, the walls have fallen, and... So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was noised throughout all the country. Not because Joshua was, 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 was something uh, of his own, but because of what God did through Joshua. Joshua prayed, Joshua led the people. And verse 1 of chapter 7 says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. Accursed thing, think about that. Those are, those are, that's a thing that was devoted to the Lord. God gave them some instructions and, and that was the devoted, the things that was devoted to the Lord. So I've got four points uh, that I want us to look at this morning. Um, point number one we see here um, in these first few verses of chapter seven, every disobedience is detrimental. Let me say that again. Every disobedience is detrimental. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing, the, the devoted thing. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Verse two, and Joshua sent men up from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, let not all the people go up, but let two or 3,000 men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people labor thither, for they are but few. Remember that, for they are but few. So there went up thither about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and 6 men, for they chased them before the gate even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Every disobedience is detrimental. So, so we see right here, right up front, that Achan is the reason that they have now uh, suffered defeat at Ai. Warren Wiersbe said, never underestimate the amount of damage one person can do outside of the will of God. Never underestimate the amount of damage one person can do outside of the will of God. You don't think it's that big a deal? Uh, Aiken probably didn't. Not that big a deal to make a, make a decision, uh, have a little sin. Hey, look, it, it didn't affect anybody else, right? Well, yeah, it's a kind of a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal here in Joshua 7. But, but think about it before that. Ask Adam. It was just one little fruit. Ask Abraham. One little lie almost got his wife killed. Ask Jonah. One, one ticket on a boat going the wrong direction almost caused it to sink. Ask the church at Corinth, who we find out in 1 Corinthians 5, tolerated the sexual immorality of one church member, and it brought judgment on the church. So, so yeah, one little thing, one little decision, one little sin is a big deal. Anytime there's disobedience, it's a big deal. And no, it doesn't just hurt me. It doesn't just hurt you. It, it hurts everyone. Why, why, why do you say that, Pastor Dale? How, how is me making a decision? How is me uh, uh, doing uh, something outside of the will of God? How does that, how does that affect anybody else? It's just going to hurt me. It's just, it's just going to affect me. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because 1 Corinthians 12 tells us otherwise. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12 said, for the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. Skip a few verses down to 26. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Ecclesiastes 
And the last part of verse 18 in chapter 9 says, But one sinner destroyeth much good. So our decisions do make a difference. Our disobedience does affect others. Our sin is sin on the whole body. Think about it. If, you, if you've ever injured a part of your body, uh, it affects the rest of your body, doesn't it? I don't, I don't care how small it may be. If you've ever dropped something really heavy on a pinky toe, you will find out very quickly that the rest of your body will let you know it. And it'll affect how you go about your day or how you don't go about your day. So sin matters. It affects the whole body because we are all a part of the body of Christ. Disobedience always matters. Sin always matters. So, so, so point number one, every disobedience is detrimental. We see that, that, that Achan is the, is the point of that disobedience here in these first five verses. Point number two, every prayer isn't pure. Every prayer isn't pure. Let's pick up in verse six. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell on the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide, and he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord. Just listen to the tone here. Alas, O Lord God. Wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ, shall surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will thou do unto thy great name? And the Lord, this is all right. So this is, this is Joshua, that was Joshua's prayer. Now, now I want to pause right there. I appreciate Joshua praying. Joshua has gotten to the point where they were uh, conquering Jericho, seeing the walls fall, because Joshua was a man of prayer. You, you, find, you find somebody that, 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 that's absolutely devoted to prayer, they'll be feared by many on the other side of the battle. So Joshua, I appreciate him praying. But I think if we listen real closely, before we hear the Lord's response, that sounds a little bit like the people that Moses had to deal with, right? I wish we'd have just stayed over in Egypt. Moses probably like, I kind of wish you would have too. You know, if I'm Moses, that's what I'm saying. So Joshua is, is now, he's kind of in that same boat. This, this real, you know, woe is us, woe is me. Now, now the response is good. Joshua and, and, and the elders of Israel, their response is good. They, 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 they had a heart for the people. They had a heart for the people of God, and that's why they responded the way they did. But, but Joshua's prayer is a little, a little off. Verse 10, and the Lord, and I think God's response is, is maybe a little indication of that. And the Lord said unto Joshua, get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and disassembled also. And they have put it even among their own stuff. I don't know if you knew that, but stuff's in the Bible. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore, except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Up, sanctify the people, and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. God goes over to Joshua and says, hey, get up. He said, get up. Joshua was on his face. And th there's a time and a place for that. But sometimes we got we to be ready to go. We got we to gotta be up and ready to move. You know, uh, I think Pastor Donald may have said it last week. I don't remember. Somebody did. Um, maybe it was Ron on, on Sunday night. But I think it was last week. Talking about the Great Commission. You, you, you know, we're on the backside of, 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 of the resurrection of Jesus. And, and he's talking to his people, he, the disciples, and he says, go. You know, that word's not a, that's not a, 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 an action. Okay, All right, you, 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 
you English teachers, y'all bear with me, okay? That's not an action verb. I think that, that that's a that's a different type of go. That that word go, um, help me. It starts with a P. It starts with a P. English word. Um, pre, uh, yes, preposition. It's a pre- so go doesn't mean start from sitting down, get up and go. Go in that in that context when when Jesus is talking to his disciples is as you are going. Do these things. As you are going, take the Great Commission with you. As you are going to work, as you're going to school, as you're going to fish, as you're going to do whatever, go and take the gospel and tell everybody about me. That's what Jesus told them. And so I think, I think God's kind of in, in the same boat with Joshua. Hey, look, now it's not the time to, to, to be laying down in, 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 in agony about what's happened. Hey, get up and get it right. So many times we find ourselves in a, in, in a bad place, some bad decisions we've made, and, and there's, there's things that, that we've, we, we've seen happen, and, and, and sometimes they're our fault, sometimes they're not, but, but we are in a, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a pickle. We're in a tight spot. And, and if, not, if not careful, what we'll do is, I know for me, is I'll just kind of dwell in that. I'll get up under that tree, and I'll, I'll begin to just, you know, woe is me, and, 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 and I'm just sitting there. God tells Joshua, he said, get up, sanctify the people, sanctify yourself against tomorrow. There's an accursed thing, he said, and you gotta get it out. I won't, I won't even be with you until you get it out. You won't be able to stand against your enemies until you get it out. Get it out because it matters. They prayed before Jericho. You looking back at chapter five? They prayed before Jericho. But you know what? They didn't pray before AI. They, they, they sought the Lord about Jericho. They didn't pray before AI. This indicated a sinful dependence on what they could do rather than what God could do. Ever found yourself there? Hey, I'm, 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 I've done this before. I can, I can do this. And before you know it, we're doing it outside of God's direction, outside of God's power, outside of, of leaning on him. You know, the, the lean not under your own understanding, but, but in all our ways acknowledge him. We, we get outside of that, don't we? See, they, they didn't pray before AI. What happened? They, they sent up some spies, and Joshua should know about that. He was, you know, he was him, him and Caleb was one of the ones that came back with a good report, right, of, the, of, the, of looking at the land. And, and, and so he ought to know about the spies. They came back and said, look, hey, there's only just a few thousand. By the way, a few of them, they wind up being in, in the city of AI, about 12,000 people. So, they probably uh, didn't, didn't count as well as they needed to, but hey, they just got back from Jericho. They just, they just, they just conquered Jericho. They, they got back and said, look, Joshua, don't, there's no reason to, to do a whole bunch of, a bunch of, get a bunch of folks worked up. Let's just, just send a few people. They never stopped to pray. They, they said, hey, we, we've done it before. We can do it again. You know, if you pray in times of victory, you won't have to plead in times of defeat. I'm going to say that again. If you pray in times of victory, you won't have to plead in times of defeat. See, I believe with all my heart, had, had, had the children of Israel and Joshua with them, leading them, had they stopped before uh, they even sent the spies out and they had sought the Lord, <clears throat> you know what I believe God would have done? Hey, don't, don't send the spies. There's sin in the camp. And I'm not going to let you have any kind of victory until you get it out. I believe, I believe the story would have been different <clears throat> had they just done exactly what they'd done one battle before. Because what? God made them a promise. Hey, if you follow me, if you do it my way, hey, victory is a red carpet that you're going to walk right through. Because it wasn't up to them anyway, right? Victory is not up to us. It's up to God. And unfortunately, we get <clears throat> a little bit dependent on us. We got to keep ourselves humble. We got to keep ourselves grounded. We got we got to make sure prayer is what we seek every single day. You know, action without prayer is atheism, but prayer without action is presumption. Action without prayer is atheism, but prayer without action is presumption. 
I've Pastor Donald said it several times and, and, and probably heard it different ways. Pray like it's all up to him and work like it's all up to us. So, so, so many times we find ourselves, maybe we do pray, and we're sitting there with our bucket out waiting for, waiting for God to pour out whatever he's, we've asked for him in it. Will he do it? Sure. But do, does he want us to go somewhere so we make sure we catch it? Yeah, most of the time. The purpose of prayer is not to inform God of our needs. See, the, the purpose of, of, of the children of Israel praying before Jericho wasn't to tell them, wasn't to tell God, hey, we, we got to conquer this city and there's a big old wall around it. What are we going to do? God knew that. So the purpose of our prayer isn't to inform God of what we need. <clears throat> it's to invite God in to have control. It's not to inform him, but to invite him. See, God knew before he flung the stars into the sky what we would need today, what we're going to need tomorrow, what we needed yesterday. And he'll do it. He wants us to lean on him for it, though. He wants us to depend on him for it. So every disobedience is detrimental. Every prayer isn't pure. Third point, every sin comes in stages. Every sin comes in stages. We'll look down in verse 19 of Joshua 7. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the God of Israel, and make a confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. This, this was kind of a... Um, a, a, this was a kind of a standard way of saying, <clears throat> I could confess your faults. Bring that stuff that's in the dark into the light. This, this was kind of a standard way to say that. Hide it not from me. In verse 20, And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the God, excuse me, against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly, goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and silver under it. Alex, Alex, you mind bringing that for me? Y'all get it from my helper, Alex, this morning. He's my treasure box bringer. I didn't want nobody to get my treasure, so I had to, I had to hide it. I won't have to lose my water bottle here. <clears throat> so, Aiken, and you go, go read the story for yourself. I, I encourage you to go read the whole, the whole story of Joshua 7 and the defeated Ai. But, but we see that, that there, was, there was a way that, that uh, it was found out that it was Aiken. They, they went through the Lord's process and, and it, it went from tribe down to family, down to household, down to Aiken and, and Hey, Achan's the guy. And when asked, it had to get all the way down to him being asked. When Joshua asked Achan, <clears throat> confess it. He said, yeah. And Philip <clears throat> wasn't, wasn't convinced that I could put this on. So I'm going to try to put it on. He said, yeah, I saw this Babylonian garment. He said, I saw it and I took it. Hey, it was big enough. There. So... I, there's some debate on what that garment looked like, what it was made of, how it was, how it was made. But, but I think there's less of a story in what it was made of, what it looked like, and how it was made. <clears throat> Is that the garment wasn't so much that it looked like something, but it represented something. It represented, hey, I'm in. This is the end. I, I am somebody. I think that helps develop <clears throat> where Aiken was a little more. It's not just us walking by and saying, hey, man, I like that shirt. I'm going to see if it's on sale. No, hey, this, if I have this, <clears throat> I'm in the elite crowd. I'm a somebody. So he said, I saw that Babylonian garment, and I took it. And 200 shekels <clears throat> of silver. He said, I saw that garment, I took it, I saw that, that silver. He said, that's, clearly that's plastic. Uh, 
But he said, I saw that silver. He said, no, I took it. He said, I saw the garment. I saw the silver. Then he said, I, I saw that wedge of gold. Now, don't, don't rush the stage. This ain't real, okay? All right. My kids thought it was yesterday when I got it in from Amazon, though. Uh, I saw the garment. I saw the silver. He said, I saw that, gold, that, that old gold bar. I'm going to put that there so you can see it. Then I coveted them. He saw them. He coveted them, and he took them. He saw, he coveted, he took. Then he said, and they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So he saw, he coveted, he took. You know, that reminds me of David, old King David. It reminds me of me. I've, I've, I've been in a place where I, I saw something, I coveted, and I took it outside of God's will. Maybe you have too. The only, only problem with that is it, it was outside of God's will. Achan acted as if sin slipped up on him rather than he acted on the desire deliberately. Basically, he lied about his sin while seeming to confess. He, 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 he didn't really say anything about it till it, it came down to him, until God used uh, the process of casting lots to, to get all the way whittled down to, <clears throat> it's you, Achan, tell us what you did. That wasn't Achan being truly repentant, was it? That was, hey, I'm caught. <laughs> there's, there's, some, there's some criminals that'll, that'll confess when they're caught. He, he, didn't, do, he, didn't, he didn't do that before. <clears throat> you know, that, that also reminds me of another story in God's Word. If you remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts old chapter 5. But they, they lied. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't, they weren't forthcoming about what really happened on, on, their, on their contributions to the church and to the Lord. They lied to the Holy Spirit, and guess what? Some old teenagers standing around wind up toting them both off and burying them. Just, just, it just says some old teenagers were hanging around, they, they towed them off, and they died. Sounds a lot like what Aiken did. He didn't, he didn't come forward in a real... Um, repentant type way, it was found out. And then he said, yep, here's what I did. I saw the garment, I saw the silver, I saw the gold. You know, and, and the sad part about that, if you don't know the story, is all Haken had to do was wait just a little bit longer. You know, Jim Elliott, great, great missionary of old, he said, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. Now, what, what do you mean? Maybe you're not familiar with the story. I don't assume you know. So we're in Joshua <clears throat> chapter 7. Joshua chapter 6, we see Jericho in the victory. Joshua chapter 7, we see the defeated Ai and the sin of Achan. You know what Joshua chapter 8 and verse number 2 says? And thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou hast done, thou didst unto Jericho and her king. Only, so the first time, with Jericho, the stuff, all the, the spoils of war belonged to the Lord. That, that was the whole deal. He said, only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall you take for a prey or a reward for yourselves. So Achan, all he had to do was, if, he, if he'd have waited and done it God's way, hey, them 200 shekels of silver, that old golden bar that's a doorstop from Amazon, and that old thing I found in the, in the costume stores down yonder, probably wouldn't hold a candle to what Achan could have had. It probably wouldn't have held a candle to what we could have had had we just done it God's way, had we done it in God's timing. See, God's faithful. Pastor jumped all over some verses <clears throat> this morning that, that, that are in here. So I guess Miss Robin got mixed up when she was writing one of yours and she sent me this one. Uh, she, she had the verses crossed up, but he read it from James chapter one. Let's, let's read about that and, and what Achan dealt with. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. 
For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither he tempteth any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. For when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You know, lust equals a deep desire. Desires are actually normal, but, but lust is not. Desires are normal under God's authority, and that's why lust is not, not normal. It's not under God's authority. The term drawn away here, we see in, in, uh, uh, in, in verse 14 where it says uh, he's drawn away of his own lust. That's actually a hunter's term. Speaking of an animal who's been drawn or lured away from safety into a trap. We, we, we see a lot of animal terms and, 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 and ideas here in James 1, 13 through 15. It's drawn away. There's a, there's a trap. That animal's led away uh, from, from safety. Any of you that are trappers in here or you, or you hunters, you, you, you pour some, uh, something out, you want, the deer, you want the corn out, you want the deer to come by, uh, they're going to come out of the woods, out of that safety uh, to get some of that corn so you can shoot them, you mean old people. Uh, I'm just kidding. I love a good backstrap, amen. But that, that's, that's a term that's used in hunters. To be drawn away. You know, we must never make the mistake that when we're tempted, that we have been given the temptation from God. We see it right here in James. It absolutely comes from within us. We have to get over the idea that somehow our sin is someone else's fault. You know, that's so much of what, of what the world uh, has, 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 has taken the, the bait on these days. Is it my problems or somebody else's fault? And you know what? We fall right into that. Yeah, I sin, but, it, but it's because of this. It's because of that. It's, it happened because of this. My, my daddy was of this. My mama was of that. My wife, my husband, my kids, all those things. Our sin is not somebody else's fault. It's our own. Things do happen for a reason, and sometimes that reason is because we're stupid. I saw that on a church sign one time. I said, I'll never forget that because it's so true. Things do happen for a reason, but sometimes it's just because we're idiots. <clears throat> because we don't want to do things God's way. Um, oh, Tim's in here. I'm not going to mess your pen up. I am going to use it as a as a as a little analogy this morning. I uh, I don't have to be um, smart. I just have to make sure I listen to people who are. But I heard this analogy talking about James. This passage in James. Um, I hope this seat will hold. Yeah. There are pedals up under a grand piano. All right, and this right one's called the sustain. And if this lid was down, which I'm gonna let it down and hopefully not break it. <clears throat> now I'm not gonna attempt to play the piano because I failed piano in college. Okay, um, but I don't know if I told my mom that. But anyway, uh, she just found out. Um, I didn't go to class a lot. Not that I couldn't. I just didn't do it. But I'm not gonna play anything. But something something very unique about a piano. As if, as if I hold that sustain pedal down and I sing into the piano. Now, I'm not going to, okay, because I would not entice anyone with that sound. But if I were, if I could sing and I were to sing in that piano. See, what, what, how does a piano produce sound? Uh, there's a felt hammer. There's a felt hammer that strikes those strings. And those strings reverberate, and they produce a sound based on which, uh, which string they hit. That's how there's different keys. But without me hitting any keys, if I were to sing in that piano, holding the sustain pedal down, if I'm on a certain note, then that note that's corresponded on that string would reverberate back to me. That, that, that sustain would, would follow through that piano. We could hear it. I wish I could sing, I can't, so I'm not going to try. But I need you to just believe me on that. If I hold this sustain pedal and I sing through it, it, it excites that, that certain string that at this same note is my voice. That's what James 1 is saying. Is it, is it what happens is, 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 is this is not some, somebody else is doing, this is us. Is it, is it old Slewfoot, he's going he's gonna to get that, get that voice going across those strings. And what happens is, is, is we wind up listening to the sustain of Satan. 
We, we, wind, up, we wind up listening to, oh, man, that, that, sound, that sounds kind of good. Hey, it sounded good to Adam and Eve. It sounded, sounded good to, to so many others in the Scripture we see that, that, that made some bad decisions. Hey, Achan, it sounded good to him. But we start to listen. Hey, that starts to sound a little good. See, the problem with sin is, is, is it don't sneak up on us. Sin ain't never snuck up on one of us. That sustain pedal's down, and I hit that note, that, that, that string is going to get excited, and it's going, to, it's going to start to move. See, what James is telling us, what God's Word tells us is that this is what we better do with sin. We better just close the lid. Because guess what? I hold that sustain pedal. I'll sing all I want to. And that lid's closed all the way. Ain't nothing going to happen. See, what happens is, is there's, I'm going to show y'all a piano trick. Most of y'all didn't know. There's a little holder. It's just open just a little bit. We don't need it open all the way. We just need it open just a little bit. Sin creeps in like that. And then before you know it, it's up all the way. He said, you better close the lid on it. Is it, is it that phone? Is it that computer? Is it that person at work? Is it, is it that, uh, that temptation to, to, to excel in school the wrong kind of way? Is it, is it, is it, is it a promotion uh, that you can just make some, make some uh, backdoor deals or, or, or do some things that are uh, not what God wants you to do to, to get ahead in your career? Close the lid. The only way that we don't listen to the sustain of Satan, of Satan, we close the lid. We close the lid on sin. Guy Roberts, I will never forget so much of what he, what he, because I, I had never heard Guy Roberts. And because of COVID and all that, I mean, you know, we, we had some samples of, of, of his preaching, but didn't know his style, didn't know anything. And, and he, he, he's not Joe Arthur, he's not Larry Brown, he's not pulling a pistol out and, and running up and down the aisles. But he was awesome. He was awesome. And he said this, and it absolutely applies to what we're looking at this morning, about sin, is it didn't start where it happened. Sin never starts where it happened. It started back there. It started with the wicked one saying, hey, listen, there ain't no timetable that Satan has to, 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 to wait to, to come in. He'll wait, for, he'll wait for years if you give him opportunity. He'll sit back there in the back of those woods, and he'll just keep waiting. He'll just bide his time. He'll keep waiting until one day, You've opened up the lid enough and says, now is the time. Hey, Aiken, look at here. You can be somebody. Aiken, look at here. You can have some stuff. I'll just do that one down. You can have some stuff. Every disobedience is detrimental. Every prayer isn't pure. Every sin comes in stages. And the fourth point, final point, every failure isn't forever. Look at verse 26. And they raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. Now what happened with Achan? <clears throat> they stoned him and all his stuff, everything he had was there. Now, there's some debate whether his children were there uh, uh, watching or they were there uh, being destroyed and stoned too. So here's the two schools of thought, because I know kids, you know, y'all, y'all think about that. And, and they're, just because they're called children doesn't mean that they're young. But either they were there watching to, to, to make sure that the family would break the cycle. Because you go back and study Achan's family, not really a bastion for uh, 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 obedience to the Lord. But, but maybe that was to break that family's cycle of disobedience. But if they were stoned with the family, with all the stuff, you know why? Because they were complicit in the sin. 
Because here's the truth of reality. They're not going to houses like we got here in America where there's two and three and four bedrooms and there's different rooms and y'all let your kids have their room and they don't ever get access to them. Y'all crazy if you do that. But that's how it worked. They lived in a tent. They were mobile. You don't hide stuff in a tent and the people that live with you don't know about it. So it don't just affect us, it affects everybody. But they were stoned, they were, they were, they were uh, destroyed, the Bible says. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor under this day. You know what the Valley of Achor means? You know what Achor means? Trouble. What does Achor sound like? Achan? <laughs> Good job, I don't know who said that. Achor, Achan, both of them mean trouble. They're the same Hebrew word, one is a place, one is a person. When trouble comes, defeat will soon follow. Achan's name meant trouble. Now, I don't know what his parents were thinking, that was he ever going to break that mold, but he didn't. This day, when this was written, and even now, they think they found, they found a gold bar uh, similar uh, to what would have been in this story right where the Valley of Achor is. Uh, now, the, 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 even the, the, the locals now, they still have this terminology of this valley being called the Valley of Trouble. One more verse of Scripture. Look at Hosea chapter 2. Every failure isn't forever. So Joshua and the children of Israel, they, they all, not just a few spectators, they all were there to see that the sin that was in the camp was going to be destroyed, and it was. But this place was called the Valley of Trouble. But here's why every failure isn't forever. Hosea 2 and 14 says, Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. In verse 15, And I will give her her vineyards from thence and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. See, God can turn uh, trouble into triumph. We just hear, see in Hosea, now we know the fulfillment of this won't be to the millennial kingdom, but the principle's there. The valley of trouble can be a place of triumph in exactly what Hosea says. God said, I will make it a place of triumph. It says, in the valley of Achor for a door of hope. The valley of trouble is a door of hope. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. God can turn trouble into triumph. I'm going to leave with three things. Three things we learn from the story here. There's three, three, three little, little things, I think, that, that led to the defeat of Ai here in Joshua chapter 7. There was a disobedience that was deliberate. There was a decision that was deadly. And there was a deviation from directions. Anytime we find ourselves in a place of trouble in, in, in any sort, sort of situation, it's going to be a, a combination of all of those things. There's disobedience. It was deliberate. It didn't slip up on us. We made the decision. Decision was deadly. The decision cost more than just me. It cost people around me. And the deviation from directions. So they, they, didn't, they didn't go to the Lord about AI like they did with Jericho. God absolutely wants victory for the children of Israel. He, he wants to see victory for us. But only if, only if we do it his way. And that's our problem, right? Is that we don't always do it God's way. But there's great hope. Even when we find trouble, God can turn that into triumph, just as he did with AI. And if, if we find ourselves listening to the, the sustain of Satan, and that gold bar, and those silver coins, and that, that nice garment start to look real good. Close the lid, because chapter 8's coming. Chapter 8 is coming. Now, now, we may never see chapter 8 in this life, but chapter 8 is coming. God's going to give us spoils of war. That don't mean your bank account's going to be full. That don't mean you're not going to have hard times. That don't mean your, your, your Lexus, Cadillac, uh, Tesla, whatever you, you uh, aspire to have is going, is going to be in the parking lot in the morning. That don't mean that. But chapter 8's coming if we do it in his 
time and in God's way. Would you bow with me? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I wonder how many of us this morning have found ourselves in a place of trouble before and we've found that defeat soon followed. Maybe, maybe we weren't aching, but maybe we were, maybe we were the, the church at Corinth and we just allowed some things to happen. We allowed some things to go. Maybe we, we made some decisions um, that we could, we could take AI because we took Jericho. Maybe, maybe we didn't pray that God would give us the, the direction. God would give us the lead. God would, would, would pave the way for victory in our life. Maybe we have opened the lid just a little bit. Next week it's open a little more. In the following month it's open a little more. In two years from now, you, you realize the lid of sin is completely open in your life and you don't know how you got there. We cannot, cannot, cannot afford to listen to the allure of the enemy, to listen to the sustain that Satan wants to play. It sounds so good. It looks so good. But it's deadly. It's detrimental. And when we deviate from directions, bad things happen. Defeat follows. So I, I don't know where you stand with the Lord this morning. I don't know what you've struggled with. I know what I've struggled with. I know where I've been. I know where I, God's brought me through. But I don't know where you are. But I do know this. God's faithful. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. What? If we confess. See, not the kind of confession that Achan had. That when confronted, oh, oh, you caught me. But a true repentant heart. A true, a true turning away from uh, the, the, the sin that we have allowed in our life. I don't know what, what you walked in with, what you've been struggling with. Sometimes we're in a place like Achan. Sometimes we're in a place like one of the, one of the people in a tent in the children of Israel. Because see, to the 36 men that, that, that died, their families, that was, that was a big deal. Maybe, maybe we caught some shrapnel from some, some people around us. We're all one body. And just as much as we care about our own body, we should care about others. Because if we're, in, if we're in the body of Christ, we're all a part of the body of Christ. We have different places, different parts. We all do different things. Not all of us are the head, not all of us are the foot, not all of us are the hands, we can't be. But whatever, God, whatever part God has made you, that's where you need to be. That's where I need to be. I don't need to be a finger trying to be a foot. I don't need to be an eyelash trying to be an ear. I need to be exactly what God called me to be. But what I can't do is try to do something outside of what God's called me to do, who God's called me to be. Before you know it, the sin, that lid of sin will be open and we'll be taking some silver and some gold and some garments that didn't belong to us in the first place. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you say, Pastor Dale, I, I, don't, I don't know that I am in the body of Christ. I don't know that, that I, 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 if I were to walk out of here today, and I were to never make it home today. If I, were to, if I were to die before I even made it to my house today, I don't know for sure where I would spend eternity. You can absolutely know that without a shadow of doubt before you walk out of this building today. It's, it's not some magical uh, group of words, not some chant you, you, you say, not some, not some box you're going to check on on, on, on a list it is true repentance and confession from your heart to God if you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life you've never confessed your sin to Jesus if you've never made him Lord today can be the day I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer of faith again it's not, it's not these words but it's the posture of your heart from God something like this Father I am a sinner I know my sin deserves punishment and that punishment is hell. But God, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. 
to save my soul and be the Lord of my life. I believe that Jesus uh, died for my sin. He was buried and rose three days later. God, from this point forward, help me to live for you every day of my life. I turn from sin. I turn to you. God, I make you, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life today. Nobody looking around. Nobody, nobody going to look but me, I promise. If you prayed that prayer, something like it. You said, Pastor, I walked in and I did not know if, if heaven was my home, but, but I, I just asked Jesus to save me. I confess my sin and ask him to be the Lord of my life. If you did it for the first time, slip your hand up real quick. Back down. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Amen. That means we're all a part of the same body. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for how good you are. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that there's so much in your word for us to learn from. God, you give us warning sign after warning sign after warning sign. God, to flee from sin and to flee to you. God, to, 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 to resist the devil and have him flee from us. <clears throat> God, for this story, God, the, the defeated Ai, God, it was just because of one sin, one person one decision to do things outside of your perfect will. God, outside of what you had already laid out for the children of Israel to do or to not do. God, I pray you'd help us to put that as a marker for our life. God, that our sin matters, our disobedience matters. God, our, our, anytime we deviate from the directions you've given us, it matters. And it doesn't just affect us. It affects those around us. It affects our family. It affects our church. It affects every part of our life. God, as we come to you, as, the, as they're about to sing, God, I pray that if there's somebody that needs to do business with you, God, they use this altar. God, that, that, that they would seek your direction on how to make that crooked place straight. God, how to, how to flee that trouble so defeat will not soon follow.